0: Alright, welcome to the Teed Up Podcast. This is your host, Troy. Here again with my buddy, Luke. Yeah. What up? What's good? <laughs> Dude, good to see you, man. Been on a little bit of a hiatus, yeah? You haven't been yeah, on a few episodes. Nice I to know. have you back.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back. Back in the saddle. What's what's new? Mm-hmm. I'm jeweling. I'm a jewel addict now.
0: <laughs> You're a jewel <laughs> I'm addict a now?
1: jewel addict. Yeah,
0: man. You texted so, me the day you got a jewel. You're talking fucking like a kid on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I'm still hyped about it. It's fun. <laughs> I like it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I like it. I was hitting the uh, the marijuana vape for a while. And then I was kind of like, I don't wanna keep hitting this marijuana because it's like I just it, I have a fun time hitting the vape, period. Right. And so even when I don't wanna get like stoned necessarily, I still wanna hit the vape. So it's a synesthetic like, thing,
0: right? Yeah, like exactly. I tell people this a lot, like when people have asked me well by people I mean like my my parents, <laughs> but um, other people as well. Like people ask me what's hardest about quitting like why haven't i quit smoking and i have an oral fixation uh, there's something about like natural, the bro. sensation of yeah. smoking that does it for me it's the same reason i've never been able to like really enjoy the vape craze that's been going on with like these vapes that hit like a volcano hmm. why When vaping first started, man, when I was in high school, when I was seventeen, I remember going to the first vape shop that opened up in my my city. It's now one of the biggest vape vape shops in Southern California. It's called the Vapor Lounge. Okay. And every vape product was essentially like not like what I have. Like I have a a Novo. Yeah, it's a a SmokeTech device, but this brand, SmokeTech, they were making shit that uh, like they were making shit back in the day. They're a huge brand. Anyway, long story short, you remember those, like, pen-looking things? They were, like, black pens. They're called the Ego Twist or, like, the Ego Seed. you know? These little Ego vapes, and they have these little plastic things you screw into the top, you know? Anyway. Yeah, I think I remember that. The vapes used to be this thing that were a smoking cessation device. And the idea was you could start with this vape. That had like an 18 milligram nick level in it. Okay. And you would slowly, like incrementally wait, like bring yourself down right. until you were at like a zero or like a two. Yeah. And it would help you quit smoking. Right. Or at least like get off of cigarettes, you know? Right. And it helped me when I was in, you know, college, when we first met, man, you remember yeah, I had, totally. I had an R2-D2 vape, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I so. started smoking again. That was the first when,
1: time I like ever saw somebody vaping, I think. Really? Uh, maybe not, but I remember sitting there and I was like, what is that thing? You know, like, oh, it was a vape. You, like, told me all about it. Yeah.
0: Well, like, I remember looking into what vape shops were available in San Diego when I first got down here. Because, yeah, they weren't that big back then. But it's because most vapes were made to give you the same hit as a cigarette. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. It was this mouthful hit where, like, you draw in and then you take a breath. It's like smoking a cigarette. Mm -hmm. The nick is kind of, like, there. It gives you that throat hit, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there, there came another type of vape that was called a mod. And these mods were things that you like manually build. So you'd get like an atomizer on the top. Right. And it usually had like like... a positive and a negative post Mm -hmm. and you would build your own coils where you you would check the ohms and the resistance. You put cotton in there. But like, I learned actually a lot about, uh, I guess like Uh, physics or, like, engineering. Like, I learned a lot, actually, like, from building my own wires and things like that about, like, ohms and wattage and, like, velocity and resistance and whatnot. And then, out of nowhere, like, those became the, that's what everybody Mm -hmm. wanted. And every single vape that hit, like, a cigarette became non-existent. And there, that was when I started smoking cigarettes again was when Mm. you couldn't actually find these little atomizers anymore for these types of vapes that drew like a cigarette because every single vape out there was one that like launched like a volcano and hit like a hookah where you take this giant lung hit, you know, where you just like, like suck in, you know? And it doesn't do the same thing for yeah. you. Like it, it, at least for me, like it doesn't feel the same. Like it's it doesn't give you that same like yeah. kind of like sensation. And Ugh. what smoking for me has always been is this like it's this oral fixation kind of. So thing, are people
1: know? when they're hitting that, just like way more, much more vape juice, or are they get in the same amount of nicotine, like. Great question. Are they eating like that much more nicotine
0: as well? No. No. Okay. So like when I first started vaping, eh, like with the the vapes I was just talking about, you know, the ones that I enjoyed, I would get 12 milligrams of nicotine in these things. And that actually brings me to another point. Like now vape shops, like with juice, they don't even sell juice that like juice companies don't even make juice that has nicotine that high anymore Mm. because nobody vapes it. Yeah. But anyway, so you would get something like 12, and when you if you were a heavy smoker, when you first like bought a vape, mm-hmm. you could get 18 milligrams. You could barely get four. Fl- yeah. Blow like a volcano. Yeah. The nick that you have in there is closer to three. Okay. Some people... Anybody does six, ever. Okay. As a matter of fact, most places I can't even find six juice anymore. It's just too much. It's like three yeah. or two or one okay. milligrams of nicotine in this you'd thing. You'd be
1: getting sick if you're taking that
0: much. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you'd be getting sick, man. You'd be throwing up.
1: Is there any way to compare that to how much is in a cigarette? Like, a, does a cigarette have a milligram, whatever?
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure there is like a, a percentage. I remember getting into a bait with a, a good friend of mine's mom when when I was, like, 18, uh, and she was trying to, like, claim to me that the amount of nicotine in these things was, like, enough to kill you. Yeah. She's like, the nicotine in one of these bottles is enough to, like, kill like people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, it fucking isn't, number one, and, like, number two, nobody's drinking a whole bottle of this shit at once, so, like, you know, get over it, but anyway. Sorry, like, you know, as a matter of fact, when I was a kid, my parents first found, like, when they first caught me smoking, my dad made me sit down and smoke a whole pack yeah, of cigarettes so, unfiltered uh, yeah. until I was vomiting. <laughs> and, like, I brought that up to her, too. And like, yeah, if anybody sits down and smokes an entire pack of cigarettes, like, they're going to be getting sick and vomiting because you're not supposed to do that kind of shit.
1: Like, Wait, what was that scene like?
0: Weird well, dad. How cool, man. Was he like angry the whole time? Oh, the like... whole time. Because it takes a long time. He passive play. aggressive. He was very like. Uh, what? How long did that take? Like an hour? Get like thirty to thirty. Minutes. Thirty minutes to an hour for sure. But <laughs> I like, just, I would be he, like, you know what? I'll never okay, forget. He kept it. saying. He kept saying this. He's like, inhale it, Troy. Inhale it. <laughs> inhale that. Really? Suck that in. Inhale it. <laughs> oh my god. Dude. Keep going, Troy. Keep going. And he said it with this like very soft, like condescending kind of like, like he was sad about what he was watching, which like like, I get, but at the same time, like don't make your if you're going to be sad about like your kid doing that kind of shit, like it obviously didn't help. I'm still smoking, you know, don't sit me down and make me sick then.
1: I feel like it might actually make you more addicted to it because then you're like, (laughs) you're taking in all that nicotine, like
0: whatever it was, man, like. You know what a good, a good another like parallel is that maybe like isn't related to smoking. There was this one time I, I got in trouble for saying a swear word, mm-hmm. and I won't get into the minutia of this because it's probably like a politically incorrect thing to talk about. But I remember being very frustrated with my whole situation because nobody was making these like this argument about what I had done in good faith. Like I was being attacked by somebody at school. Because they didn't like me. And they took something I said out of context and had told the principal. Okay. Long story short, my dad, when I got home and I had, you know, been found guilty of this treasonous crime at age like 13, you know, he carved the swear word that I said into a bar of soap. And he made me eat the whole bar of soap and what are these tactics until the point that i was vomiting into the (laughs) like into the the bathtub in the bathroom and like that didn't make me not swear i still fucking swear fuck you for making me eat a whole bar of soap by the way like it didn't make me any like less prone to do that it just made me pissed off that you were like completely missing the the point of what was going on (laughs) like some old school tactics yeah. yeah and i'm like it Like to hear too, like, I don't know if your parents ever said stuff like this, but this was a common thing I used to get all the time. God, my parents would have done this. Like, you're lucky you didn't grow up in my parents' household because they would have done this. Like, and that's what my dad said to me. He's like, this is what my parents used to make me do. I'm like, well, yeah, did you fucking enjoy it? Because (laughs) did it work with you? Did you ever stop doing any of the things that you're, you know, supposed to, no? Well, great tactic then, you know? that's funny man that's the
1: weirdest thing about being a parent is like there's no rules you know? it's like and when you're a, a kid i don't think you up. realize
0: that you know yeah. like you don't realize when you're a kid that your your parents aren't like infallible yeah. right like you yeah. think of them as like the apex of what like being a person is yeah. but it's not it wasn't until i was in high school that i kind of realized that my parents are just like bigger children they're just me you know They've just had more years to, like, navigate different things. Yeah. But, like, the way that they think about stuff, the way that they interact with the world, like, it's the same way that I do. Yeah, for sure. It's just informed yeah. by different stuff. Like yeah. We're all just faking it until we make it, pretty much. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's exactly right. And it has to be that same way when it comes to parenting, if it's that way with everything else. Yeah. I can't claim to know for that's sure, because I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but...
1: No, yeah, I think it's you know, exactly right, man. Just trying to f- figure shit out. Right. The limited knowledge that you have, and
0: nobody does it right, right? Like I don't yeah. resent my parents for you know punishing me in that it's, way, yeah. but it just it's it always is like those two specific examples have always kind of made me laugh because so they didn't do funny. anything but made me like yeah. <laughs> almost bunker down in my in my position, you know? <laughs> they didn't do anything to help, like get that's to the funny. cause of what they were upset about yeah. they certainly didn't do anything to get to the cause of what i was upset about and made me act out in whatever way i was you know yeah.
1: that's funny man you watching uh wings of desire
0: no uh i'm not yeah. you ever seen it
1: yeah why do you have it pulled up
0: good question i don't know why i have to oh you know what a buddy of mine uh the guy that i did this last podcast with his name is uh, arthur The one that we, the last episode I did for the listeners that uh, listen to my episodes continuously uh, was on free speech. We talked about John Stuart Mill and uh, his book on liberty and discussed kind of like the nature of free speech and kind of like what our principle of, or what our First Amendment is kind of based on principle wise. But Arthur had uh, told me that um, he had recently watched this movie by some German director. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I watched it in uh, film school back in the day.
0: Yeah, did you? Did you enjoy yeah. it?
1: It's good, man. It's Yeah, it's kind of trivia. I'm forgetting, like, what the, like, the moral of the story is. It might be about free will or some shit. I don't know. Well, It's like a philosophical... It's
0: about two angels named uh, Damiel and Cassiel who observe life on Earth and the human condition. And they've been doing it for a long time because they're angels, you know? Yeah. They, like, live forever. So they've seen, like, the best and the worst of mankind. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely has, like philosophical or, like, moral lean to it, you know, like... Yeah. But he, he was just telling me that uh, he really enjoyed the film and that yeah, it was really, what he had been up to. Movie, right? I haven't seen it, man. I haven't seen anything by this director. Uh, Wim Wenders. Wim Dude, that might actually be something good to talk about, man. It's been so long since I've talked to you about film. Yeah. I was talking to... Um, the, the girl that I'm seeing right now, I asked her today if she'd seen Mr. Nobody. Oh, shit. Yeah, which is a big one, right? It's a good movie. And yeah. My boy Jared Leto mm-hmm. starred in this film. I thought it was better than Requiem.
1: They're both good movies. Yeah. They're both good movies.
0: No to need say. to compare. <laughs> You're
1: right. But um, He's definitely in it more than... Because Requiem for a Dream is split up between like a bunch of different characters, So as
0: far as like screen time sure. for him, maybe it's better. Well, Jared is a bit younger too in Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, I want to say. Yeah, and Mr. Nobody, he kind of plays these like more mature roles. Yeah. we like, we're like, it, it's it's a period piece, you know? It's like a life piece yeah. on this this person's life. So like, he plays some roles where he's younger yeah. in the film, but he also plays some roles where he's like much much older, yeah. or like supposed to be much yeah. much older on the deathbed. Which so I think it's kind of cool, man. I think it's kind of cool when you see actors that, like, they have to all... I always think about it when I see it in movies, where, like, you get, like, with flashbacks or something, mm-hmm. where you see an actor who's, like, supposed to be portraying himself as, like, uh. 20 years younger. Because some actors can pull it off, and then others, you're like, you look like the same motherfucker. Like, you <laughs> look like you didn't age a day. Like, you're not tricking anybody.
1: Yeah, for real, man. Yeah, I saw Josh... I think that Josh Brolin did that one time, and I was like, nah, dude. Hmm? Yeah, Josh Brolin. Who? It might have been the uh, might have been a Men in Black movie. Josh Brolin. You know Josh Brolin? Barely. He was in the I Goonies. Mean, <laughs> okay,
0: that <about> narrows <to> <laughs> it down.
1: A a gang of eight people. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was like the older kid in the Goonies, the tall kid who had some muscles and stuff. Mm, anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I forget the movie, but well, like Mr. Nobody's good. Good film.
0: Dude, there's this movie that I've been thinking a lot about lately, um, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm constantly cursing my Alexa, even though she's not plugged in anymore. Stupid Or, yep, constantly. Or, (laughs) uh, uh, I don't know, I'm constantly thinking about the AI problem. And there was this movie that came out um, a number of years ago, and I think I probably recommended it to you at one point. But, um, I'm forgetting the name of it at this exact moment, but it's with Robin Wright. Um, you know the chick, she's, uh, yeah. she plays Claire Underwood How's in of House of Cards. Yeah. Um, but in this movie, she plays herself as Robin Wright. Okay. And, that give me one second, familiar. I'm gonna, um, Robin Wright's... Rotoscope.
1: That sounds super familiar.
0: Um, the Congress... So there's this movie, yeah, that she plays it's called The Congress and it came out um pro- like within the last 10 years. Let's see. 2013. Came out in 2013. And this whole film is um shot half um Like, real life and half animation. (gasps) But the film is about um, this actress, Robin Wright. She plays herself in the film. And uh, the production studio that she works for comes to her with an offer. Mm -hmm. And it's the final offer that they're giving her for a film. Mm -hmm. And essentially what they want to do is they want to put her in this machine that scans and tracks all of her movements... And records, like, her facial expressions. They ask her to, like, do your sad face. Mm -hmm. Like, do your happy face. Do all this, right? Right. And they record every moment in IOTA about her. And where Hollywood is moving is into this area where everybody is completely and 100% digitally made. So these people, these actresses, these actors, what they're actually selling is the rights to themselves forever, so they get one big paycheck, mm-hmm. and they give up themselves in front of the screen forever to be put into like any movie they want, and they doing don't and saying. Be,
1: like doing the acting. No,
0: but they—they're never actually acting in any of these films. It's all digitally done.
1: It's weird because that's like literally what's happening.
0: It's totally what's happening. I mean, like <laughs> right now, we're currently at the point that where
1: sick, uh, I gotta check that movie
0: face swap technology is like at a point where yeah, what they we're that? almost there, DJs? and as well as like. Yeah, deep fakes. But like voice recognition as well. And like voiceovers and yeah. people's voice where people now can be made like I there are programs now where like you can get the voice of Barack Obama saying fucking anything. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? That video, yeah. And like coupled with the ability to face swap and like make it make a video of anybody looking like they're doing anything. Yeah. We're kind of reaching this like point of no return where we could very well come into almost like the age that we're in right now where like people just don't know what to believe anymore or like they don't know how to source their own shit. If that makes sense.
1: So like, and if you're in a, in a place like China or something where they have total control, then they could be showing a video of Donald Trump saying we want to bomb China and then use that as, as a reason to go bomb america basically so right. that's like the, the freaky thing about it what happens in a, on
0: a political to control moment? the masses yeah. so, and that's like obviously the the starkest example of like how this shit can be used whereas i think that this film is trying to use like hollywood right yeah as this like happy-go-lucky example of how this like nice cool new technology would present itself mm-hmm. almost like ai right we're like, how we could see this technology being brought to us under, like, the most benign of circumstances yeah. without thinking fully through how it can be used in, like, the most detrimental of circumstances, right? right? Yeah. So this film, um, The Congress, this chick, Robin Wright, she doesn't want to sell the rights to, her, to herself. Okay. She, like, doesn't want to go ahead and do this, but she has, like, a kid, and, well, she's got, like, two kids, you know, like, things are tough for her, like, blah, blah, blah. And she ends up doing it. And she has, like, a handful of conditions, right? Where she's, like... I think one of them is... She says, like, she doesn't want to do any sci-fi films. Mm-mm. Or something stupid like that. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? She's like, like I don't want to be put in any, like, stupid sci-fi movie. you Yeah, know?
1: she's, like, against
0: it. Right, where, like, those are the kind of, like, conditions and things she mm-hmm. has. But anyway, she, she ends up, like, doing this. And, um... The plot of it is, like, she... she afterwards is invited to this thing called the, uh like the technological congress where she goes out to it's it's this giant swath of land out in like the middle of nowhere in like Nevada or like Arizona or something like yeah. that and she drives up and it's it's this one guy like standing at this like you know stop up go like trolley type thing right mm-hmm. where that blocks her car yeah. and he gives her this shot and he's like once i give you this like you're going into the technological like world over here. Right. Uh So essentially like she takes the shot and when she's on this land, right. Everything that she experiences is in virtual reality. So like as she's maneuvering through this uh, landscape that there's nothing there, Mm-hmm. everything that she's doing and interacting with is all like virtually there. Okay. Yeah. So like people, it's like an episode of sins, you know, like yeah, everybody can yeah. look however they want. People can, can behave however they would like. Okay. And the world can be anything. It, it, it can possibly be that your imagination can think of. That sounds pretty silly. It is pretty cool. And this whole, like it, by the way, like th- this whole Congress, right. is made up of like the, uh, the elite of the elites, right? Like, The richest of the richest people are here to celebrate what they think the world is going to be, right? Which is this virtual reality world where anybody can be anything. And so she ends up getting into this kind of predicament where she pisses off the powers at at large, and they essentially put her into a coma. So, like, she spends, like, 50 years in this, like, coma. Or pro- not 50 years. She probably spends, like, 10, 20 years or whatever. But she spends a long time in this coma. And, like, she's still experiencing this, like, virtual reality world. And, like, everybody around her thinks she's just, like, gone crazy. But yeah. later in the film, she, like, wakes up, right? She's finally brought out of this, like, comatose state. Mm-hmm. And she's woken up to this world that's a complete apocalyptic scene where the whole world is completely ravaged by pollution. And she walks out of like the, is these big cement buildings, right. That are just virtual reality farms where everybody is waiting in line. Yeah. Like immigrants waiting to immigrate into the cloud. Everybody is trying to get into the cloud, but like the cloud is more than what you think, right? Like, you can do anything in this world. So people can like, you know, they, they take the, like they'll drink a drink and it'll give, it'll turn you into the essence of Luke glaze Uh or Troy guard. Right. Like you can live as this person, right? Like they, they have this like monologue where this guy's explaining the world where he's like, you know, we have things now where, you know, I, I took this elixir and, uh, I spent a year, uh, becoming all of the greek gods you know Mm -hmm. i i was zeus that created the world that fucked the mountains that created the ocean you know like like all of these narratives we've told ourselves for millions of years right we're like they can actually become reality right where you can actualize them you Mm -hmm. can do them you know you can taste or like you can have a cocktail that is that feeling you felt when you first fell in love the first time, you know, mm-hmm. like there are no more like boundaries between like this synesthetic experience of like, uh, you know, singular senses that you have to experience all at once, mm-hmm. you know, or like sing- singular memories that need to just inhabit your mind at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like all of these boundaries now have been completely blurred where Ugh. it poses this ethical question of, well is this real you know like what is reality actually right yeah. like is it this real thing that you're experiencing or is it the objective reality that just exists beside you right like because yeah. Yeah. regardless like you know the there are millions of people that are li- yeah exactly like yeah. Matrix, right it's like Plato's allegory of the cave mm-hmm. you know it's an extremely extremely awesome movie and like so cool. I think that it never got the attention it deserved I, I don't like think that. it was an that indie film sick. I mean, it grossed three hundred. well oh, shit! It was definitely an indie film. It grossed three hundred fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> which is pretty cool for Robin Wright to do. Oh. Like with, Robin Wright, I mean, she's doing the uh, House of Cards. Like, let's when did House of Cards first air? Oh,
1: and, uh, dude, she, and she's the main bitch now in house of cards
0: dude the first episode of house of cards was in 2013 and this movie premiered in july of 2013 so that she did this film she probably filmed it like right before right before uh, she did house of cards
1: crazy that's um, pretty cool. That's, that is pretty cool. It's interesting how that theme has been around for so long, like the allegory of the caves. You know, there yeah. wasn't any AI, like, I mean, as far as we know, you know, there wasn't any, no. like, like, iPhones
0: or... No, but I think even oh, back yeah, then, right, like, gosh, even in Plato's day, we saw the clear and present danger of toying with these boundaries of reality, right? Like, yeah. and I think, like, maybe the earliest example, could have been, like, class divides, right, where... People that lived of a certain class, right, thought that reality was just this experience that they had, Mm -hmm. regardless of how the actual world was. You know, for like the majority of people, like what comes to mind is like Game of Thrones. You know, like is the what the majority of people experience is that what actually is real, or is what you think the the real world is actually happening? Like Mm -hmm. I happen to be on the side of. Um, it, it's somewhere in between, right? It 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 needs to have all of it. That's reality. Reality is all of these things being true. Like it can all it can be true at the same time. That reality is this apocalyptic world that everybody lives in, right? Where everybody's trying to get downloaded into the cloud. But reality is also this virtual world that people inhabit. It's just what one do we want to give power to is how I've always looked at it. Like which one do we think that the flourishing of humans is most likely to occur? Mm. You know, the best possible existence for a human being to have, where do we think that's most likely to occur? Mm. Do we think that it's likely to occur virtually? Right? Like, do we think that some kind of singularity between the human mind and uh, the human body is where the apex of, uh, like, human uh, satisfaction and human well-being, the, the best possible life we could ever live, do we think that's how it's achieved?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Based on, like, our current and present course, it's obviously what we think, but, like, I don't think most of us have thought it through too much. I think we just think it would be cool to have shit like virtual reality, you know? Yeah. Like some Ready Player One type you <laughs> know, stuff, where we play on this big, giant World of Warcraft-like game that's super badass, yeah. like, which did not say it wouldn't be, but... Uh is it going to is it what's most conducive to the best possible life that one could live uh, you know hmm? i don't know the answer but yeah that's wild man
1: but i don't know I, The everything is so weird now you know it's like i was listening to someone talk about it the other day it's like people are watching people you watch people do things you know and you you play games and you pretend that you're doing things and you watch people have sex and you watch, like on porn and you watch people eat food like uh, i mean there's all these different weird trends online where yeah. you just you're just watching other people do shit and it's like what are you what is some people actually doing you know there's people that live their entire existence just watching other people do shit and that's i don't know it's just so,
0: so trippy man well i was actually listening to a conversation between Sam Harris and, um, somebody else. I'll forgive me for not remembering, but he's written a book on addiction as well as depression. And that's his latest book is on depression. And he was talking Sam about, Harris? uh, no, 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 not Sam oh. Harris. this, this guy he was interviewing, mm-hmm. but, um, it, this guy was talking about kind of the correlatives between, um, depression and addiction, but also depression and society. That's really what it came down to is, um, that there are a lot of similar uh, clusters of factors that inhabit people that have addiction and that inhabit people that have depression. But most of them are things that society ha- no longer produces for humans that humans need. So, like, he, he brought up a lot, like, with depression um, that... He- People have now, like, we as a culture have trended towards um, creating kind of artificial or technological supplements for these things that we used to get in our natural environment as humans, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, humans didn't evolve to... Uh, watch porn, right? Mm. Humans evolved to fuck other humans, you know? Like, which is almost, like, he made the comparison to, like, video games, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. and the types of, like, why people get, like, so intensely involved with things like MMOs and, like, RPGs, right? Like, a lot of these people, like, they're supplementing all the things that they don't get in their actual life. They don't get at their jobs. They don't get in their social lives. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a feeling of belonging. It's a feeling of satisfaction. It's a feeling of success. It's a feeling of, uh, like your actions contribute and matter to like something larger than yourself. Right. Which is something that you get when you play like these team building games, you Mm -hmm. know, or you play like Fortnite and you fucking win, you know, or like, uh, overwatch and you level up, you know what I'm saying? Like, But there are these kind of like technological supplements that we have now that a lot of people can become obsessed with or like they they can become like the only way in which they get these types of gratifications Mm -hmm. when like humans used like we didn't evolve because we were the biggest and the baddest, you know, like we evolved because we learned to like work as a group you know we learned to cooperate group wise you know like we learned to hunt the bigger animals because we were able to talk all the other humans into like figuring out and like group thinking all right how are we going to take this bison down Will we yeah. have a fleet of bison here you know like people were forced to reconcile the things that they didn't you know right. like about yeah. each other you know and nowadays like they don't have to you know yeah. or like the the only group dynamic that they get is in these kind of artificial mm-hmm. settings, which, yeah. like I said, like same with like porn. You know, it's like porn is so unpopular. You know, like we didn't evolve to like fuck ourselves and watch a TV. You know, like
1: yeah. we
0: evolved to have sex with other people, which is why it's like never as satisfying. You yeah, know? yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's wild. But it's interesting to like watch the trend. You know, like and people say it all the time that like we think that technology is. It's going to solve all of our problems, which I don't actually think people, I don't actually think people think that consciously. I think that's like what we've been sold, you know? But I also think in part, like, it's just all we know, you know, Mm. (laughs) like, we also didn't grow up as, like, these cave people, like, you yeah. know? We didn't grow up in a society that we were forced to cooperate in order to succeed, you know? Mm. We, we didn't grow up in these places where yeah. th- there aren't options for us to have those types of, like, communal experiences. Right. Where uh, we are—we um, have our value reinforced, like, where we can contribute and we see that in a real way. Yeah. Where we can see how our relationships or how our actions actually manifest into something that's tangible, right? Like that in the, in the sake of progress, unless you like live in a farm town. or. Sure. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Sure. But like most, most often, you know, like even in those types of settings, you know what I mean? Like your sense of community isn't being met in the same way, right? Like you don't need this, You like the farmers that are working on your farm, aren't the people that necessarily live next door to you and, like, live in this small town and this small little, like, village, you know? Like, it's not interconnected in the same way it was. So, like, we're forced almost to find these supplemental ways in which these needs are being met. When you think of, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, those things are, like, vitally important, and they're pretty low on our fucking hierarchy of needs, you know? Like, which is probably, like, a a big contributor to why so many people are depressed or at least why like yeah. the numbers are going up, you know, even in like, even in countries outside the United States. Yeah, that's true. Like, so I think
1: South Korea has a big suicide. I know Japan has a massive suicide
0: problem. Right. Like well, that. one thing actually I was talked about in this interview is that it's kind of hard to get good data from suicide numbers because, um, for one you can't talk to people and for two um but they're like what's a more clear indicator of <laughs> depression. depression or something that depression and anxiety no you're yourself, right you absolutely like- sure but i i guess what he was he was getting at is that um we'll always know the number when it comes to suicides but we'll never actually be able to investigate more into right, yeah, the okay. other components it of it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like when studying these things, those numbers are helpful, but they're not like the ones you would jump to immediately because they're always going to be there and they're kind of a static number no matter mm-hmm. what. Like you can't really extrapolate more data out of that subset of mm-hmm. uh, of people. Mm. Whereas like people that like, obviously the easiest I would imagine is like people who are clinically depressed who like have, have gone to a doctor and they've like diagnosed them. You know what I mean? Cause at least in that case, like you have some kind of ongoing or not ongoing data, but at least it's like, you know, it's been documented by like a doctor. Like uh, I'm sure there are lots of people who suffer these types of diseases or mental health issues that like, It just goes to undiagnosed, you know, like they just go about their lives, you know, which I can imagine is like it's much harder to get information on or do kind of sociological studies or ask questions to a general population in that kind of way. It's a little easier to get like information on people who have schizophrenia. Yeah, it's pretty like readily apparent sometimes. It's a little bit tougher with things Mm. that are like cognitively people are better able to control, even if it's not natural, you know. Right. Huh? Yeah. Wow. It's a dope one though, man. I think you'd like it. There's some good performances yeah, 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 yeah.
1: in it. I watch that sounds <laughs> sick.
0: Robin Wright's pretty bang rang. And the thing I like the most about it is is the split between the mm-hmm. live action and the animation uh-huh. because every time they go into this virtual reality world the whole kind of like, thing uh, is cartoony, animated
1: or is it like more realistic looking or what
0: it's a bit cartoony yeah okay. it's it reminds me of rotoscope in a way okay It's it has a rotoscope-esque kind of vibe like, to it like uh,
1: a scanner darkly kind of or mm,
0: like... not as artistic as scanner okay. darkly
1: okay yeah a little bit less realistic yeah, yeah yeah
0: Mm-hmm. um that would be sick that's a great one though okay. Philip K. Dick is is one of my favorite authors That's crazy He's a great one. Yeah. You seen any good movies lately?
1: No. I haven't been watching movies at all, really. just been, like, watching YouTube, basically. Just watching YouTube, yeah? yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I don't have the time or, like, the patience, I guess, to watch yeah, it uh, yeah, all the way through. So, what about you? Have anything good?
0: Not that I can think of, man. I watched The Martian the other day because oh, yeah. I'm like I love that movie though. That's like one it. of those that I can watch like over and over. I don't like that fucking movie. You didn't either. like it? No.
1: Nah. It's like what it just didn't and no part of it seemed realistic to me. Like the way the guy's acting just seemed totally. It didn't seem like any person would ever act that way. Like he's on a fucking he's on Mars and he's like cracking jokes all this. I don't know. It just seemed a little corny. It is and a little corny. And like the ending was just like I think so, that's why I like it though. The way he gets off is so wildly unrealistic. Really? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind
0: of cool to think I think of, uh, I kind of like that. Maybe that's part of what I enjoyed about it. Or that maybe that's part of why I can watch it over and over and over again. It's cuz it is it has that kind of commercial vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But you know me, man. I'm a huge space nerd. Yeah. So I feel like almost any movie that comes out that is it's like space. a space movie As long as it's not made like a technological piece of shit, I'm going to enjoy it. Like, I'm maybe not going to love it.
1: Yeah. But I'll watch it. Interstellar is a good example of one that I did not like either.
0: Fair enough. I fucking love that movie.
1: Because to me, it's just like, space is a fascinating subject, right? But Mm -hmm. then you're going to go to the most boring-ass fucking planets (laughs) that you can imagine. Like, you could have imagined any planet. And what do you come up with? An ice planet and a water planet. Fair enough. Literally nothing going on. And that's the entire movie. Fair enough. The space was the most cr- interesting it's part a bunch for of me. Crying and then a one two desolate planets. <laughs> 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 and then they're trying to blow your fucking mind with some stuff that <laughs> they just like over explain, I thought.
0: My favorite term in that whole movie is when uh what is it? Uh Taurus, the robot, mm-hmm. when he's like they they created this tesseract here for us. Like, wait, hold on a second. Fucking tesseract. Where'd you pull that term out of? What the fuck is a tesseract? Like, how do you know that's what they made? You can call this anything you want. You can call this a fucking uh, a plum. If for all I care. Like, Ugh. what's a tesseract? I do. I I loved the terms that they whipped out in that film. I thought they were hilarious. Yeah, I don't. know. I love that movie though, man.
1: I love it. To me, it was a letdown because it was like so much. I
0: remember we talked it about like it right so when much it came time out.
1: In the making too. It was yeah. Like a, well over a year that they're teasing that is like this is gonna be I know like 2001 movie. yeah, yeah. Gonna
0: like two it's gonna years. be the new 2001 yeah. the fucking thing though is that I actually think it is like I enjoy it like that like no I way. think it is our modern day no 2001 A Space Odyssey no way it's certainly not in my mind nothing will ever beat that film like every time I watch it now still I'm like this it's was so movie. far ahead of its time it's bizarre and how much and I'll never think that much, about Interstellar how much talking do they do in that movie not, not barely done.
1: any dude no and it's fucking mind-blowing yeah. how much talking do they do in interstellar Almost yeah but at every the same second,
0: time how many people Almost
1: every second of the movie is but... filled with them explaining the different space stuff it's Fair it's enough. like you're trying so hard to be intellectual and making but not everybody's like...
0: like us man you gotta think like this movie was a, a huge blockbuster because most of america is stupid they don't they've never they don't uh, know what space is like they they need that explanation. You that's what sold them on that movie, was having all of these they, explanations I of plans. I don't know
1: if that's true, dude. You don't need to be smart to, to watch uh, The Space Artist because the visuals you know? and, like, the, every, it's creepy. The feeling Fine. is creepy. The music's creepy. It's like an animal thing, I feel like. And then you're Fair left enough. feeling like, what the... F-? That's an actual mind-blowing movie at the end. You're like, what the fuck? And people and, yeah, can, ha- you can hate me for this,
0: but I gotta say it. I've never met anybody that I consider intellectually driven, that enjoys the movie. As a matter of fact, I've never even think I've met anybody that's uh, intellectually minded that's seen the movie. What? Interesting. 2001. Oh, 2001. People don't want to watch the film. People get bored watching that. (laughs) I can't even get my fucking 13-year-old sister sometime to watch... Uh, so the original Star Wars films, yeah? yeah? Like, people aren't going to sit and watch a half silent film from it's the fucking 60s five that's years about old, space. They think it's,
1: yeah, they think it's.
0: Like so, like, strange. that's part of it. Like, people don't want to watch films that are intellectually, like, uh, driving. Like, yeah. if they didn't have that filler or that explanation, nobody would enjoy it. it. wouldn't be the classic that it is now, which I definitely think it is a classic.
1: I mean. Nobody's going to remember Interstellar 50 years from now or whatever. Maybe, maybe not. Nobody's going to be talking about it.
0: I... People, I don't hear anybody talking about it, really. Fair enough. I think of Interstellar, though, on a spectrum of its own. I thought it could have been all Because... Yeah, it could have. Because I don't think that, like... And I was... You know what? Actually, I was thinking about this the last time I I saw 2001. There actually aren't that many movies about space. Like, when you think about, like, 2001 maybe being, like, the first good space movie, right? Like... We've really only got, like, 60 years of, like, one human life, maybe, mm-hmm. of, like, films where we actually had, like, the technical know-how right. or artistic know-how to make a film that was, like, set in space. There really aren't that I mean, many. if you want
1: to go back, there's, like, silent movies.
0: There. Sure, like Man on the Moon. Yeah. Like, I, I get it, but there, I just don't think that, like, there have been a lot of movies that are about space, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. There are a lot of, like, spacey sci-fi films or TV shows, yeah. but there aren't a lot of, like, feature films that are trying to be, like, really good films that are set in space, you know? And I think mostly it's because it costs a lot of money, Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But I, it probably also is, like, there. there has to just not be, like, a lot of really great scripts about... Well, it's something that we don't know anything about, you know. It's that's like, a good point. We haven't been in space very long, yeah, man. Like, yeah, you know, we really don't know anything. We, like, a, another a human life. You know, there's still people that remember and, Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. Yeah, like,
1: the vast majority of space is nothing, too. So
0: it's kind of like that's good point. That's a lot of nothing out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> but like you were saying, man, like of all the planets we can imagine being out there, like yeah. there there is definitely like the creative um, capability to imagine like worlds mm-hmm. and all of their like variation yeah. and, and vari- you know like one great example of something that wasn't like necessarily space themed but i think that hit on what i'm talking about really well was arrival did you see that
1: i fucking hated that movie. really yeah.
0: well regardless of what you thought i hated that movie <laughs> What I really liked about that I was film bored out of my fucking mind. All fair the enough. Time, fair enough. Like, but what I really liked about that film that I thought it hit on is that I thought it was a completely original idea of extraterrestrials, and like that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like anybody can enjoy like the fourth encounter or uh, Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, you know, like, but it, it's. Yeah. Fourth kind, man. I'm talking about the, the
1: third. I thought it was the third kind.
0: Well there's the the, the third kind one that's the older film, and then the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind is the one that's based on the true events. Oh, I did not know about that. Is that a documentary or something? It's like half document it's like a mockumentary sort yeah. of, but like mm. it's they like fictionalize the story, mm. but they cut in all of the real footage from like this actual event. Oh, never heard of that. It's a good one, man. You should look it up. That's not sick. But um What, like, what I really liked about that, it was, like, like I said, like, that original kind of unique imagining of what extraterrestrials could be like, Mm -hmm. right? And, like, kind of, like, that's what I'm getting at, right? Like, I don't think we've been thinking long enough or, like, there have been enough kind of artists out there or, like, writers or directors that have really tried to, like push outside of this bounds of, like, what we think alien life could be like or other worlds could be like, right? Like, there, with the vastness that we know that, the like, the universe holds, there could be just forms of existence or forms of planets, you know, or, like, things that we just could never conceive of. And that's what I kind of liked about Arrival was that this idea that, like, there was something intrinsic to their language that Mm. was, like, unique that they were coming to give humans. Like, I thought that was really cool. It was a unique idea, like, regardless of what you thought of the film. Yeah. I'd like to see more, like, pushing the bounds on that kind of shit. And there just hasn't been that many films that have come out, like, (sighs) that have had the kind of money to make something that was visually striking, but also intellectually kind of, like, prodding, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. But I think like by the time that we're our parents age I mean hopefully we'll see another 2001 that's like an actual fucking I think, hype up to 2001 I think we're not
1: really going to or maybe me at least I, I feel like I'm not going to be like super impressed by any movies until virtual reality is really I agree man locked in cuz it's like that was the whole thing when you're a kid it's like oh the technology and whatever, the storytelling is equally impressive. But it's now what we've seen the CGI so many times. You know, we've seen Hulk destroying buildings and we've seen Godzilla and all that stuff and Transformers, and it's like
0: Imagine no, when you can be the guy too, standing on the side of the street in the film. Yeah, you know?
1: exactly. To totally. our to our eyes, it's not impressive anymore because we know on like an animal level that, that that's not real. Whereas right. when we were kids and we saw oh, it when I first saw it, that's like, like, like the whole Wars, ripping a yeah,
0: building exactly. down. Yeah, it
1: feels real. So totally. until it feels real again, I feel like it's not going to be like mind blowing. Which that's the virtual reality is going to be.
0: I think you're right, man. I think that like one and not to bring uh, well, all roads lead to porn. Uh, But, like, when you look at uh, the porn industry, man, it seems like whenever there's a technological breakthrough, uh, porn always has its toes in there somewhere. Um, But, uh, But, like, virtual reality porn is, like, a huge thing now. It's like a huge fucking thing, mm-hmm. and it's because VR technology is like getting there. And I remember when three D printing technology wasn't there yet. Now, yeah, mm-hmm. and now you can get one for three fucking four hundred dollars, the same price as a brand new Xbox, maybe mm-hmm. cheaper. You know, Hell yeah. and you could print a new screwdriver. You could pr- you could print anything you want. As a matter of fact, it's a huge trend of people buying these basic three D printers, these desktop ones, mm-hmm. and three D printing. Bigger printers.
1: Another three D printer. Yeah, they three D
0: print all of the components to make themselves an actual dope ass big three D printer. And like it's a huge thing. People compete on like the the coolest three D (laughs) printers you can fucking make. That's hilarious. But like when it comes to virtual reality, like that's kind of where I see it going. Like I see this like open source world, right? Where almost like a kind of a play between like ready player one kind of, right? Where maybe like video games will be Oh, you never saw it? You'll like that one, yeah. yeah. For all it's the for, for for your taste, I think you'd actually enjoy that one for, yeah, for so what it's uh, worth. That's Spielberg, yeah. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. You'll you'll enjoy. It It has a very Spielberg touch to it. Spielberg. Yeah. Spielberg. <laughs> but what I I like that um, he envisioned this uh, virtual reality outbreak. You know, this craze for VR really taking hold in the video game community Mm -hmm. which is already so large right which is also where you know i mean that's where it's at right now right it's like where it's booming out of but i agree man like in almost in this like black mirror-esque kind of way like you remember the episode of black mirror where they have this thing called the the grain where like it's almost like this little grain size like a rice size um piece of technology that lives in their head and it records everything they see, yeah, yeah. so they can play back all of their memories all the yeah. time. Like that's kind of where I see this like VR thing going. Not necessarily that extreme, but to the point where there will there will come a day where virtual reality will become integrated into our daily lives and mm-hmm. our daily activities. And I'm not sure what that looks Arg- like. Augmented reality, or whatever. Yeah, but I know that that's the direction that we're kind of heading. in. Yeah. When it comes to so. movies, I absolutely hope that virtual reality is. More so than AI, man. I'd rather see a virtual reality uh craze break out in the Hollywood industry than I would a CGI outbreak, right? Where we're fucking photocopying people and putting actors and actresses into any film yeah. that they ever yeah. want to be in, right? Yeah. Like I-, I think it would be well worth exploring, right? Like instead like instead of 3D movies, right? Which people never like that much anyway because yeah, for real. They can't quite be there, you know. Exactly. They're trying yeah, to be the virtual reality like, yeah. experience that we want, but they, they yeah. aren't quite there, you know. There's something kind of off of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I've never really seen a three D movie that I was impressed by three D. I don't think.
0: No, man. I think, I think the, the only 3D... three D one
1: that everyone says, but even that, I even was, that like, was just okay. Yeah, I saw it both ways, and I was like, it's
0: pretty much the same. It's yeah, yeah. it wasn't that great. And I mean, then, I then think the, the movie... The ones are just fucking garbage. The movie that I'll always remember as being, like, the coolest 3D movie I ever saw was Spy Kids 3. <laughs> you remember that third one that was, uh, that was yeah, made for 3D, was, yeah? Yeah, I think I saw that. But even that, the whole fucking film was about this game that was a virtual yeah, reality game exactly, that they were yeah, all in, yeah. you know? Like, it was is, still trying
1: to be this, like... The, the ones that they started doing, like Avatar and other ones, they tried to make it, like, subtle and, like, oh, uh, just kind of, like... Barely like something jumping out, but the it wasn't cool unless it was. I mean, the my best example of three D is the one at uh, Disneyland, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids, where like the stuff yeah. actually
0: comes like it way comes out and, at
1: you. It's or it's, like, it's super, shot two B. It's in really 3D. gimmicky, but it's it's that's the cool part about it is totally it's like, whoa, you know.
0: And like it, you bring it back to Spy yeah. Kids, right? Like when I watch that, that movie, if I've ever seen though. it and it's not in three D, you can you can actually yeah, physically totally notice like the yeah, scenes yeah. that were specifically shot seen like, in let 3-D, me grab right? my computer yeah, and, and they look like, like right at the camera you <laughs> yeah. know like but that's what was cool about Jesus it you know like God. when you saw it in 3-D, yeah. 3D with your doofus 3D glasses Like yeah. that was the coolest uh. part of it you know Oh
1: uh, man. Yeah, I still haven't tried the virtual reality like the good virtual reality. No. I have like the goggles that you just slide your phone into. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't tried like the Oculus Rift or whatever. Dude, that, like, the
0: like, Oculus is dope shit. As a matter of fact, like this is one thing I'm super stoked for. Um at my place of work, we had this uh, symposium where um, this, this one group, who was a bio uh, tech, technology company, Ugh. came in and they had developed this huge program for educators um, that it taught all about how proteins work within cells but it was a virtual reality game almost where you were actually this protein (laughs) inside of like a a cell and it showed you like from top to bottom like uh, down to the microscopic level and then you were this protein moving inside this body bonding with these other proteins in order to create like uh like a brand new cell you know what i mean but i shit you not as somebody who didn't know much about biology and still doesn't know like an insane amount about uh, biology, like watching that, like my breath was taken away. Like if I was a six year old kid and I had, and I had like, you know, gone through this like program and this was just like a little beta thing, you know, like this is wasn't the full program, but like that seemed like a way to teach these like extremely difficult conceptual things that we just like, we were we're just now kind of like skimming the top of you yeah. know like yeah. imagine teaching uh, like bioengineering in this way like mm-hmm. I, I think it could revolutionize not just oh, our oh, entertainment yeah. industry but yeah. like it could bleed into other industries oh, like, for sure. And a good yeah. example is um, with the Oculus and a company called Valve who helped develop the Oculus. The Valve is uh, well they power Steam which makes a lot of games that people play. Yeah, I've heard of But um, they were the people that produced the software for the the Oculus, I want to say. And they came up with this program that is essentially like a parallel to like an Adobe program. Mm -hmm. But it's like a paint program. And um, engineers that make um, like character development or like concept designs have used this, where you essentially are like in this black room – And you have these two little handles that act as paintbrushes. So, like, you can create things in 3D. And it's the most bizarrely cool thing I've ever seen. And when I first saw it, I had this idea as an artist to create this, uh, to have this art show where it would be in, like, a white gallery, right? Uh And all of my paintings would be hung up on these walls. But when people came in, they would wear these virtual reality glasses, oh, and I would have yeah. had painted the whole environment of this room. Yeah. So imagine, like, now you're you're watch you're at this art show, but it's in a jungle somewhere, mm-hmm. and the jungle is painted for you. You know, mm-hmm. so you're in this painted jungle, right? <laughs> and you're like going from tree to tree to look at all of these paintings. Yeah. You know, or like, and that could be like extrapolated to anything, right? You could be in like a desert, you know, or you mm-hmm. could be in a beachy environment, That's right? But I, I had this idea of like, how cool would it be to play with this environment using virtual reality? But like, you're actually in a gallery the whole time. Fuck yeah, dude. Like those are the types of like creative limitations that we're now being yeah. able to kind of like transcend, Right. That's which crazy. who knows in 10 years, man, we could be, we could be looking at just yeah. that. Hell yeah. It's going to be a different world. With any luck, knock on wood, man down yeah. <laughs> yeah which uh That's crazy. speaking up man not to bring it to a super serious tone but we were talking a little bit earlier about the fires up in uh yeah. in california we're based in california i live in california you're born and raised here in uh in san diego, san diego.
1: yeah yeah indeed which is uh just had some fires of its own That's hot little tinderbox down yeah. here yeah it's been a minute since we had like a bad one though i think I think, like, 2006 was real bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, all the area east of where I live, basically, was totally burned down. All the houses, mm-hmm. all the trees. You look at the mountains that were once, like, filled with trees, and they're just, like, stumps. Just all shot, stumped, Stumps. Stumps, yeah. yeah. Pretty crazy. The, the fires were literally in our backyard that year. Like, my dad came. We had to evacuate, and then my dad came back. Packed up our cat in the suitcase. <laughs> we're like rolling our <laughs> cat down in the suitcase and went to my grandma's house. But my dad came back and was putting out fires with the hose. He was staying on top of the roof putting out the fires that were in our backyard with the hose and shit. Fuck. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, dude.
0: And You then, don't live that far into the mountains, man. Like.
1: Yeah, and then. You're not
0: that far away.
1: <laughs> no, not really. Like 30 minutes from. No shit. Downtown and stuff. But then, uh,. He had to take off, take off, and we just, like, had no idea if our house was going to be there when we got back. And, like, when we got back, my parents were both crying and stuff. This not seed that dude.
0: Well, our buddy Corey, who's also from, uh, he's from Escondido, he even, a couple years ago when we had those fires, his house was, like, debatable. Like, I think his family might have gotten evacuated or, like, he was super worried about the oh, fires. Oh, Corey, that. Corey, Cory Yeah, Corey. Yeah, I remember Corey. Doofus Cory. <laughs> the brother! Yeah, I had to get Cory on the podcast. I do. Wow. I miss Cory, man. Never met a guy like that one. Really? Oh, no, sir. Why? He's the doofus king.
1: <clears throat> what does he do? That's so funny. Or uh,
0: It's hard to put a pin in it. Let <laughs> me hit that mango. But, uh... Yeah. He's definitely one of the friends that, uh... I'm... The saddest I don't get to see more often. Yeah. I miss that guy a lot. Does he live in San Diego? So. Yeah, I mean he lives with uh he lives with a few buddies, I think, but I think he's back up in Escadito. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think you're out of battery. Oh no. Uh, yep. That's the official I'm out of battery logo. <sniffs> no, but I miss him a lot, man. Yeah, I haven't okay. seen any of those dudes in a long time, but... You yeah, know, I saw Dylan not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Corinne. We went to the dog beach with, uh... went to the dog beach with, uh, Nicole and her kids. Oh, uh,
1: hell
0: yeah. They've
1: been together for a long
0: time. Yeah, they sure have. They're living together now in North Park. Oh, yeah. hmm That's sick. Yeah, lucky them. With their badass little puppy, Bandito. His name's Bandit, but I call him Bandito. 'Cause uh, I think it has a better ring to it. Yeah, I like that Bandito. Bandito. <laughs> Alright, man. We're uh we're coming up here on an hour. It's been a good pod. Yeah, good pod. Good luck. Um, good hour. Just flew by. Anything you wanna leave? Any final notes? Mm. Anything you want people to pay attention to, look forward to?
1: Man, I mean I guess look forward to this uh, all these new technologies coming out. Like we'll see in 10 years. We're all going to be fucking just jerking off in virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Even That's do. already <laughs> happening, yeah, yeah. man. Well, for something. sure, man. Um, next week I'm thinking we should do something about, uh, well, I kind of want to talk about Roswell, but, uh, I'm open to m- most anything. We can do another, just shoot uh, the shits episode. It was like a power hour episode. Yeah, for real. Man. <laughs> Just randomness, <laughs> random. Yeah, man. Uh, but it was good to have you on again, man. Uh, I miss talking with you. Let's uh, yeah. let's do another one next week. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, once again, this is my buddy Luke. Um, thank what, you guys uh, for listening to the T Dub podcast. We'll be back again next week. If you guys have any topic suggestions, please uh, send them my way. And uh, like and rate in the iTunes store and subscribe. I'm your host, Troy. And uh, thanks again for listening to the Teed Up. Peace out. Go Scout.